Welcome to the Life Coaching with Ryan podcast. Though, that name is going to change, and we'll get to that in just a moment. Hey everybody, before I jump into the episode, I just want to let you know that that rebranding I was talking about, yeah, that is in full swing in the background. So we're actually going to have a new intro, new transition, new closing, uh, and you'll get a preview of that at the end of this episode. But before then, you're going to get the concluding uh, conversation, the conclusion of the conversation with my biz bestie, Breathy Serene. We finished talking about failure on the journey. And uh, Victor's been judges. I really hope you enjoy it. And uh, yeah, I'll talk to you soon. But yeah, the specific thing that we, we talked about, it was intuition. That it's not that intuition doesn't exist. It does. But it's more of a guide that you got to take with a grain of salt. Like listen to your gut theoretically, but also listen to the rest of you. Is it in line with your gut? Like what your intuition says? You know, it's not listening to your intuition doesn't mean you're doing something right or wrong. Right. And to that end, hilariously, I was just talking to a friend about Myers-Briggs personalities types, which I would love to know yours because we've never talked about it, I don't think. Oh, um, no. oh, that'd be fun. I don't think we have, which I'm sure you can guess mine. I kind of want you to guess because I feel like it I should swear, be. Right. Haven't, we, haven't we talked about that like multiple times? Maybe, but I really don't remember. I honestly don't remember. I, I, I want to say that you were an ENTJ. You're very close though, but I'm an INTJ. INTJ, yeah, that was that was the thing because we connect. INTJ, but, I think. Um, yeah. I seemed to I, my my initial reaction was INTJ, and then I was like, maybe I'm getting that wrong. But yes, you were an e, an INTJ, you know, type A, blah blah blah. That's that's your like spiel. Yeah. Well, are you a? Uh, I want to say either an INFJ. Or there's also a part of me that think is thinking ISFP, but I also don't think you're quite as hard facts and observant as that. I think you have more of an intuitive nature, but I also know you operate from your feelings. So mm-hmm. wait, what are you? I would like oh, to you know. you're not going to put a final stamp? You're not going to do a final guess? Okay, mm-hmm. I'll remind you, I stood on a chair in a conference. Are you an E, not an I? Oh, hell would, yes. Oh, really? That shocks me. I guess I, I, I attract other introverts to me, so I just assume that everybody well, around I, me is... I, so give your guess, and then I'll do a 30-second... So ESFP? No, I'm, I am an ENFP. FP. Okay, 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 yeah. And, oh, yeah. and that N makes more sense, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And, and it's really that NF combination that is so critical. I think when people talk about dominant types, my NF type is so very apparent in how I operate in my world, which mm-hmm. is so funny because, again, when, when you talk about the Myers-Briggs type indicator, we're not saying what, who you are or what you do. We're talking about a, a preference, a tendency. Yeah. I, while I am an you know, an NF, I am also incredibly logical and I'm, and I'm all about sussing things out and being analytical. So, so yeah, even yeah. though I am a very feeling person, a very intuitive person, that doesn't stop me from being very analytical. And, and an ENFP, apparently a common trait for ENFPs is they present like introverts because we are so, it can Thank still you, be yeah. so in our own heads. 
and, and and so we're we're comfortable we're comfortable thinking and being in our own mental space, which tends to be the trait of an introvert. Yeah. Um, but we still get energy from being around others. We just maybe will burn out in a way that other extroverts won't burn out. Right. Being oh, that makes sense. That's so cetera, fascinating. Yeah, it's funny because yeah. we were just talking about that with me and another friend, and I was telling him like, oh, this is mine, and just going over again, I was like, yeah, I'm an INTJ. I totally – I still 100% agree with it, definitely. Yeah. Um, well, but the reason nice. I brought that up is because I think that I, what I wanted to talk about is exactly that, the intuitive versus sensing. Yeah. Um, and the idea that like judgment from ourselves, like internally, that's one thing. But when you, when you talk about looking at judgment for others, when you start to tune into what's going on inside, when you start to go through that self-assessment, I think you learn that there's a benefit to both. There's a benefit to, benefit to being quote unquote intuitive and using what you are sensing and feeling about a situation and about yourself, about what's going on in your life, any of those things. And then there's a good, there needs to be, I think, in my opinion, an, a balancing dose or a, a small dose of that, what's tangibly in front of you, the facts, the logic kind of. And I think that that translates into when we talk about judgment from others, when you um, start to listen in on yourself, I think that you can start to really look at other people's opinions and judgments and discern them from like, yeah. is this helpful to me? Right. right. You know, is this the survivalist just survive to thrive or the tools that you use to survive will not serve you when you thrive. That's one of my favorite quotes. Um, right. So is this, it's that? The is this? yeah. And like, I also think we have to, when we talk about judgment from others, you got to talk about your own response to that because there are times that judgment, quote unquote, from others or some some level of opinion from other people has been helpful to me. Right. When I was ready to receive it, right? When I was ready right. to actually look at it for what it was. It'd be great. Yeah. yeah. But then you also have to, when you know yourself well enough, you can look at somebody else's judgment and say, I don't agree with that. And I'm going to leave it where it is because it doesn't matter. It doesn't affect me. Right. I, the, again, this when we talk, I, I I know that I need to keep a little notepad or something because there tends to be <laughs> yeah. like three to five things, like <laughs> one little offshoot that we could go on. You know, yeah. if people made it through that whole thing about uh, you know Myers Briggs, hopefully that was well rewarded by what you just what you just said. I mean, because I think this goes back to self assessment, right? Mm-hmm. There's. Oh God, seriously, my brain is doing 10 different things. Okay, I'm going to go with my notes because that'll keep me on track. Learning to receive judgment, including seeking objections and mm-hmm. even rejection frees us up to do way, 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 way more. Way more. Yeah. So mm-hmm. when we're simply afraid of rejection, because we talked about assessment, we talked about discernment. And, and as you said, sometimes the voice in your head is just like, oh, that's my mother. <laughs> Right. She used to say this nasty thing to me when I was a kid, and it's just not—it's not true. It was never true. It's or if it was true once at one time, it's not true now, or whatever. You can edit some of that out of your brain when you recognize it for what it is. Mm -hmm. But even more, you know, you 
you need to, if you want, need to, you know, need is in quotation marks, need, as I say, is often is an, an extreme want. So it presents as a need. Mm-hmm. If you want to succeed, you need to learn to court judgment to some degree. Absolutely. You need to be able to stand on a chair in the middle of a room of, <laughs> full of fellow entrepreneurs and online course creators and make an ass of yourself um, as I Absolutely. did in October. Um, because in doing that, I garnered positive attention from those that weren't like, look at that silly git standing on a chair. I'm sure there were some people who thought that and there were some people like, oh, look at the confidence of that guy. That inspires me. And another group of people were like, oh, he must have something that I need and I'm going to seek him out and connect with him, right? So right. Um, you, it, there's, there is an advantage to doing things that are unusual, doing things that are out of the box, unboxed podcast with Ruthie Serene. Uh, <laughs> uh, slide a little plug in there. Um, that, that you need to find out where those boundaries are and when to cross them, I guess is where I'm going with that. And I'm not talking about choosing to be controversial. That's obviously a marketing technique that works very well for some people. I'm not, I'm not talking about that. Um, I myself struggle with that. There are some times when I want to have a conversation. I'm like, this feels like it's too controversial for what mm-hmm. I'm uh, otherwise doing. So maybe, I don't, or maybe I'm not going to talk about it. And then I talk right. to Aaron about it. And, you know, I'm just like, <laughs> no microphones involved. Just go, babe, this is my thought. <laughs> I want to I yeah. talk about it. She's like, don't. I'm like, you're right. I won't. <laughs> yeah. Um, but anyway. Yeah, no. And I also, um, when I think about that, the aspect of like kind of putting yourself out there, you know, like even in entrepreneurship, people get stopped by the idea of rejection because it's the, you know, that failure that, because rejection, let's look at it for two, two separate things. Like failing is one thing, but being openly rejected by another human being can be seriously traumatic yeah. to a lot of people. And that stops them. But I think that you have to remember, like I, I sent out, I think in one day, like 30 email, 30 invites to yeah. be guests on my podcast. Just, yeah. Just like straight up and big names, small names, everybody could think of like, why not just ask? And the response was, I got so many people who I thought were going to say no, who said, yes, absolutely. I would love to be on your show, you know? And then I got a couple no's, but I didn't give a shit about those no's because I was so happy about the people who said yes, right? right? And I think I what I love is playing a game in my head of um, what I've said this to my friend before. And he was like, that was the greatest piece of advice you've ever given me. That a lot of the time, everything that is good, most of the time is tangible and real and is in front of you. Mm. everything that is bad is theoretical and in Mm. your head in most situations. So in the judgment situations, like if you are about to get on a chair, you're thinking to yourself like, Oh my God, I'm going to stand on this chair and talk to all these people. And then the start fear and the judgment of rejection, all that comes into play, play a game with yourself. Like, wait a minute. I don't actually know how this situation is going to turn out. I think I do. I'm creating a scenario in my head, but that's not real. Why don't I actually just find out what happens? Because I know that whatever happens, even if every single person in this room gets up at the same time and yells, Ryan, you suck. I know that that has zero effect on my tangible goodness and my tangible real worldness. So play the game. Yep. Yeah, I agree. There's a whole 
spiel I have about um, safe risk, and I think you just laid it out pretty perfectly. Yeah. You know, on a scale of one to ten, how terrible is this situation? Okay, well, if it's a three, then fuck it, let's do it. You know, exactly. if it's a seven, well, maybe let's make it, you know, a different plan. Maybe it's not. <laughs> right. It's not worth yeah. it in this in this scenario. You know. Um, yeah. So something else that I thought is really important to just touch on. Um, I was just, I had a conversation, God, now I'm realizing it was in back in like November. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and, and when I say November, I realized that's not even, that's like November a year ago. Um, not a few months ago. I'm trying to remember when the actual conversation was, but when I was hanging out with my buddy moon, uh, and we were chatting about, um, you know, how to, how to own your, your own growth, uh, which I released that in, I want to say September, I think I released that conversation, Mm -hmm. but, um, so I don't actually frankly remember when I recorded it. (laughs) It's hilarious, but anyway, Mm -hmm. it's neither here nor there. Uh, and actually, no, what I'm remembering now is he and I hung out in November of this year in person when I was in LA. That's, that's what Ah. I'm thinking of. Uh, that's why I got my dates all mixed up because you and I recorded our our conver- our initial conversation around this in September. And I think was it? I thought it was November. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Regardless, it was all happened around the same time, and he and I uh-huh. were chatting about how um, when you're in judgment, you're not seeing all of your available tools. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So when you really, when you're, instead of thinking, oh, I can't do X, Y, and Z, when you're just like, okay, all cards on the table, what's possible? And then right. suddenly you have 25 tools and you're like, I thought I had two options yeah. and I was, I was stuck with these two options and now I have 25. Okay. Well, my, and we talked about ranking our values in that podcast yeah. episode, your podcast episode, yeah. um, episode 12. Um, <laughs> we were chatting about having to understand your values and rank your values. So once, once you kind of come up with 25, you're going to eliminate 90% of them. Right. Uh, you know, but now the two that you're left with may be way more effective than the two you started with. I mean, maybe right. one overlaps and you're like, well, psh, that made it easy. That's the one that one overlaps in both lists. That's easy. Yeah. Um, or you may have a different set of, of things to do. So when you're able to accept judgment, when you're able to receive judgment, when you're able to, you know, free your brain up to, you know, take on new possibilities, then suddenly you're empowered and you can use the same usual tried and true tools if you want, or you can go with something wacky and sideways. Yeah. Which is why I think it's so important to really deal with the idea of failing and what that means to you and how you can reframe that, however it is in your life, because you cannot like to, to look on one perspective or one side of the spectrum or the other, you're, you're in detriment either way, whether you choose to only look at all your failures and your everything that's gone wrong, or you choose to only look at all of the good things, you are missing a very key part of the puzzle on both sides of that spectrum. But if you choose to eliminate the idea that either one of those things is better than the other, and instead just say, what's actually, this is where the, the INTJ thing comes in, what's actually in front of me, the sensing observant personalities, what do I actually see aside from my perception of what I see? When you can step outside that, then that's when, as you said, you're like, wait, oh, there are a hundred different ways. Magic game backpack. There are a lot of different <laughs> things that I can do here, you know? Right. 
yeah, yeah. And, and and that opens up that whole experimentation conversation we had and the play conversation and the what side you make mistakes on conversation yeah. all those mm-hmm. things that we were chatting about um where you just it, it really I, it goes i'm just gonna go with your analogy i'm gonna stick with it i was gonna try to expand it but i really think it just stands as it is you know when we're able to play yeah. we're able to make it a game when you're yeah. able to choose your mistakes when you're able to fail early fail often when you're able to engage in that way lots of cool shit happens man and yeah. you can you can be in your from here's some nerdy language be in your highest intelligence you can be mm-hmm. in your you know all your tools are available to you that's that's right. really what it comes down to and i know i'm repeating myself but i think it bears repeating absolutely you know, yeah you have so your brain has so many tools and so much capacity and we limit it when we are afraid and I'd like to expand on that to say not only do you have all a lot of amazing tools, but to your example of your friend who chose to dance and sing when he wanted to put away his tools, his his actual physical tools. Like I think that it's being creative. Like I saw this, um, I don't remember where I saw it. I want to be it's not to be that girl, but like I saw this quote on Instagram. It was <laughs> something like you're you are a life artist, make a mess, you know? And that, I think that that is so true and so valuable that not only do you have have tools at your disposal, not only can you borrow tools from other people and learn, you also can just create new tools for yourself that work. Like it's really, I think that's at the end of the day, that's why self-assessment is so important because I can tell you all day long, Ryan can tell you all day long, like these tools will work for you. But guess what? If they don't work for you, they don't work for you. But the tools that are always going to work for you are the ones that you make for yourself. Word. Word. Snaps. Yeah. And, and that, this, so when I, I, I like to talk about systems mm-hmm. a lot. Um, I, that's actually been a while. When I was a supervisor, I would talk about systems. Um, mm-hmm. Because it's just as you said, instead of talking about tools, it was like, okay, so we have, here's a set of tools. So you've got 15 tools in front of you. Now make a system. How, right. how are you going to put all this together in a way that works for you? Mm-hmm. And you, that means that you may only use three of these tools or you may use 10 of these tools or you may use two of these tools. And then you bring two tools that were not offered and you add them to the mix and you build right. a system, you know? Um, and here's the other thing. Neither of us is omniscient, at least not in the 3D version of omniscient. <laughs> you know, that the, the uh, it doesn't mean I'm always going to have the right tool for you. It doesn't mean you can't look it up. And I, and I don't mean that like you and I are meant to be the portals of information for everyone. What I mean is right. um, when I am struggling with something that because I don't know something, I can look it up or I yeah. can ask a friend or I can Absolutely. jump into a Facebook group and ask a colleague or mm-hmm. I can, you know, use Google or, or whatever. That- Which is, that's where I think intuition can be a beautiful thing. When you use it to guide you in the direction of your learning, instead of using it to make your decision for you, that is when it's very beneficial to your life. So for me, that, that comes up in active practice. Like I, I always, I tell people I talk to my body because it listens. So I, bro- I fractured two bones in my foot like two years ago and that's still an ongoing issue. So sometimes I'll just randomly get a spaz muscle or anything like that happens. And I just, it doesn't matter where I am. If I'm in public, I just like start caressing my leg and I'm like, it's okay. I know it hurts. It's all right. You know, and start talking to my leg because I feel like it works and it, it does for me. Right. But 
that is, oh, I kind of brain farted. Darn it. Mm, there was a really great point that I was going to make. <laughs> well, it's also very late oh. for you. What was so. I saying before I mentioned my foot? Because that will help me get, get me on track. Darn. About things that work and using your intuition in order to not come up with a right or wrong answer, but in order to guide you toward fill in the blank. There we go. See, thank you. I knew that that would help me. So the reason I brought that up is because I don't know why I started doing that. There's no reason I started doing that. I didn't, I don't think that I saw it from anywhere. I could have subconsciously seen it or heard it, I'm sure. But to me, it just, it felt good in the moment. I tried it and then it worked. So I kept right. doing it. Right. And that has been way more valuable for me. So sometimes I think if your intuition says to you, like, maybe let's try this thing, try it. It doesn't mean it's going to work but it means try it. Like gets your body screaming at you, right? Or mm-hmm. it might be, I don't have the answer, but you should ask this person, you know, like do that, follow that. That's where in law of attraction, I always tell people it's, that's inspired action. It's like listening to going in the direction of your learning, not into making the decision, as I said. Right. Uh, geeky side note that I'm uncomfortable sharing, but I'm going to do it anyway. Um, I was working at a, uh, a pizza shop in uh, at high school, mm-hmm. and um, I can't remember someone. The the there was a recent hire, and we were chatting, and uh, while well, we were, it was the you know take and bake kind of place where you mm-hmm. you, know, you we pre made the pizzas, and then people take them home and bake them. Anyway, mm-hmm. so we're cleaning up and doing whatever else, and she gave me some information about herself, and I just filled in the blanks, and uh, she's like, "Oh, okay, you're psychic." <laughs> and I said, no, no, I'm not psychic. I just, mm-hmm. I recognize patterns. And because yeah. I recognize patterns, I can fill in the blanks. And she goes, what makes you think that's not psychic? Mm-hmm. And again, I don't share that story to be like, oh, I'm psychic. I share that story right. to honor what you said about intuition, mm-hmm. which is sometimes what it is, is recognizing a pattern and filling in the blank spots. Sometimes it's being developing awareness and having this like preternatural awareness where you think, you know, the random person pops in your head and you don't know where that information came from. But if you were able to track it back, Mm -hmm. you know, because again, your brain, your crew, your ship's crew did its job and it it, it sorted through 10,000 memories and Mm -hmm. popped out that person's name. And if you would consciously try to remember that person, it never would have happened because you never would have had access to those 10,000 memories consciously. There's been way too much Mm -hmm. um, for your conscious mind, but your brain was like, Oh, pop that person out, you know, process, you know, just like a little ticket spitting out of a computer (laughs) versus name popped out and did all the calculations for you. And you're like, Oh yeah, cool. So again, this doesn't have to be like woo woo madness. This doesn't have to be like you're psychic or you're intuitive or whatever else. I mean, it can be if that's you and that works for you, then fucking cool. Go for it, man. You know, no judgment. Um, But for the, you know, the rest of us that maybe don't want to identify it that way. It's just recognizing there's a lot that you're, brain meat (laughs) that your you know that your meat computer can do and Mm -hmm. that includes spitting out the name of a person that you think is random but it's totally not random it's just not information that you have conscious access to so yeah absolutely just wanted to honor that all right well dude it's like late for you and as much as we could talk forever i think (laughs) this is probably a fair place to wrap up i think 
maybe just like final thoughts on failure on the journey and and dealing with with you know judgment and the mess and all that do you have any last things you want to share yeah i'd say if you take anything away from this or the previous conversation or just your life experiences with failure i hope it's that failure is necessary on the journey Mm. And it's also a beautiful part of it. It's not a negative part of it in any way. And I also think that the longer you try to run from it, the longer you try to avoid it, number one, when you get to where you want to get to, you're not going to feel it as strongly as you would. You're not going to be able to celebrate it and feel the fulfillment as much as you would if you had just not avoided the mess. And I also think that on the flip side of that, you're going to end up creating a bigger mess the longer you avoid it. So I think that it's so important to get to a place where you can really analyze your failure story and what that means to you and also start to dissect how can I reframe this and how can I shift this to make it a positive experience for me? Is it that I need to have a success and a failure like in a markers? I need to clearly define those. Is it that I want to view failure as a different thing that doesn't exist. Like me, to me, like success and failure are just totally things that aren't a part of my life anymore. It's all about playing the game. So just find what works for you, I think. And like I said, don't don't avoid the failure because it's a really, really beautiful thing. Like you didn't start walking, dude. You, you popped out. You got to, you had to learn your little fingers and your toes. You crawled a couple times. You <laughs> fell 1,700 times. Then you started walking. You fell a couple hundred times, right? So it's not only a necessary part of your journey in the like metaphysical sort of like your vision sense, but it's also a part of your journey. Literally human beings have survived and bettered because of failures. So use that and just remember that that's, those are my final thoughts. Yeah, that's, that's very cool. And just to, to play with that real quick, you know, this, this distinction between assessing and judging, you know, discerning and judging, I think is really important. Yeah. And, you know, there's a difference between, um, carrying uh, 40 pounds on your back and developing strength. And, and, and by which I mean taking on challenges. Yeah. And then there's taking on 40 pounds of bullshit. Yeah. Um, you know, taking on, you know, judgment. I, I like to refer to judgment as a backpack full of rocks that have no you know value or use to you. And you're just carrying it around all the time. And sometimes people think that carrying that judgment makes them strong, but really it just makes them exhausted. Yeah. It's not really developing anything. It's just exhausting them. And so from a very practical perspective, as well as a very satisfying emotional perspective, learning not to judge ourselves Mm -hmm. teaches us not to be a victim. Learning not to be a victim teaches us to find that power, to stop bleeding our energy everywhere, to stop bleeding our power everywhere, keep it for ourselves and then do something amazing with it. So like shed that crap. And mm-hmm. be limber, you know, be strong as you are. Absolutely. Take on those challenges, not, you know, just to whatever, carry around another 40 pounds of crap. But like, yeah, that's how you learn. That's how you become adaptable, nimble. That's how you feel that empowerment. As you said, that satisfaction, that satisfaction comes from taking on the challenge, succeeding and failing, by which I mean getting the results you intend or not the results you intend, learning right. from it, and then working toward learning maybe that's not the result I want or whatever it happens to be. I know I said that in a previous episode, but I think it bears repeating. So yeah. like get rid of that 40 pound sack of rocks or bullshit or whatever you want to call it. And, you know, and 
now let's get into the real work of, you know. Yeah. I, I also think just, sorry, one more. I thought this popped in my head as soon as you said that, but um, <laughs> I think that if for anybody out there that might be struggling to shift their perspective on failure, I would invite you to try celebrating the next time you fail. Yeah. Because not only is that going to train you obviously to positively look for failure and look at what you could learn and like take off your blinders and actually see the situation for what it is. But I think it's also going to be a good reminder to you that, you know what, even if I didn't get the result that I wanted to get and I think that everything went wrong, I tried and I failed. And that's okay because there are a lot of people in the world who do not try and do not fail. So even this thing that I'm looking at a failure, even the attempt in it, in even the hard breakdance face to floor moment, like that is something that some people are never going to have the guts to do. So, yeah. You saying that made me think of uh, two very powerful things I think are very powerful. And those yeah. are the serenity prayer and the, you know, let me, uh, you know, accept what I cannot change and you know, oh, yeah. mm-hmm. courage to, I, mm-hmm. I always botch it. So I'm not going to try to restate it here, but please, you know, look it up. I think it's really powerful. And the other one is the um, <clears throat> kind of the statement. And I, I don't know what the right word for it is, but when they, they do the commercials for the special Olympics, mm-hmm. you know, let me win. And if I cannot win, let me be brave in the attempt. Like that, sh- that shit makes me emotional. Absolutely. Like that, that, is so powerful that is so Mm -hmm. so very powerful um to process that so i just wanted to kind of leave with like go look those up and go look up episode 12 of the unboxed podcast (laughs) because listen it's been mentioned like seven times now so if you don't you're obviously missing out (laughs) (laughs) well it's funny that uh, i was just reflecting on that this conversation this episode is more than twice as long as our original conversation which i ended up splitting into two episodes so this is going to be a fun meaty like uh (laughs) way to wrap up the month um and when i say wrap up the month i realize technically there's there's one more week maybe i maybe maybe you're listening to this and i've actually split this into two episodes we'll see um but uh but yeah it's very cool hanging out with you and uh, I'm glad we were able to kind of wrap up this conversation because I knew we might not be able to. So I'm glad we were. I think it was worth putting out the podcast a couple days late in order to do that. Yeah. And uh, of course we'll do this again soon. Absolutely. Totally. (laughs) (laughs) And here's a little preview of what's coming up next week. Hey, welcome to educate for life with Ryan Francis. Let's get right into it. Next time on Educate for Life with Ryan Francis. Hey again, thanks for listening. If you want more goodness, come hang out with me on Instagram at educate for underscore life. That's educate, the number four, underscore life. I jump on almost every day and go live once per week to answer questions and just talk about what's on my mind. We've got some cool stuff coming down the pipe, so expect some announcements in the near future. And with that, I hope you have a great week. Talk with you soon. <laughs>